Chapter number 18, uh, do desire your prayers, go down to verse 35. And it came to pass that as he was come nigh unto Jericho, a certain blind man sat by the wayside begging. And hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth passeth by. And he cried, saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And they which went before rebuked him that he should hold his peace. But he cried so much the more, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought unto him. And when he was come near, he asked him, saying, What wilt thou that I shall do unto thee? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight. Thy faith has saved thee. And immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God and all the people, when they saw it, gave praise unto God. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be a guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for as much as he also is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Again, I'll, I'll, um, I'll probably be brief today, but this I thought about Zacchaeus this week and um, for whatever reason, and, and uh, it sort of ties in with what we've already witnessed here, ties in with Sunday school. Uh, we were talking in Sunday school about faith, uh, faith and, uh, and repentance to a lost person are inseparable graces. It's not something that has been uh, testified here uh, the, even this morning that, uh, that, uh, that you can't just work that up within yourself to, in, a, in a mental state, but, uh, but it has to come down from above. And, and we know that Jesus said unto those that followed Him and to those He preached to, He said that no man can come unto the Father except by Me. Uh, he went on to say, No man uh, can come to Me except My Father which sent Me draw him. Uh, so, so that tells me that uh, there is not a person that's ever been alive on this earth uh, uh, that has came to Jesus or came to the Lord unless God first came to him with a drawing power. And so none of us uh, in a state of uh, in, in our, a state of nature that we're born into, a state of sin, there is not one soul that's ever lived uh, that has decided within himself, I'll go to Jesus, except something happened to draw uh, that man's thoughts and heart down unto that place of repentance and faith. And so we know that, uh, that even to repent, 
as a lost sinner. Even to have faith as a lost sinner has to be given from God in heaven. That it's not something that we possess, but the Bible says He grants unto us a measure of faith. And so I'm glad I thought in that last in that last verse that we read, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. I'm so glad that's why He came. That was His purpose. You see, all of those years ago, when He came into this world, He came as a God-man. He came as one that would be a substitute for sinners. He came as one to seek and to save that which is lost. Without Him seeking and saving, He'd be no Savior today. He'd still be God. But I'm glad I know Him as a Savior. I'm glad that He sought me one night. I'm glad that He sought you one day. Wherever as it's been mentioned, wherever that you were at, it's because He sought you first that you begin to seek Him. That's how it works. It cannot work any way besides that. And, and, and so the drawing power. But I thought as we read these two accounts back to back that he was, he was going through a place coming nigh up against Jericho. And the Bible says that there was a, a beggar there. And the other Gospels say there was two. And one of them was named Bartimaeus. And, and no doubt Bartimaeus woke up every morning and, and his day was the same. He lived in darkness. He was blind. He couldn't see anything. So every morning he wake up. Every morning he would he would put that old coat or shawl around him. Take maybe a stick or a cane and begin to tap, tap, tap his way down uh, to his favorite place uh, as you entered Jericho. And there he would begin to cry and beg every day uh, just enough uh, to scrape out whatever kind of living uh, that he had and it probably wasn't much. Uh, but, uh, but this day he got up and started uh, like every other day. Uh, the day that I got saved, uh, it started like every other day. Uh, but before that night was finished... I was a different creature. God had saved my soul. And so Bartimaeus uh, tapped his way along and he was begging for money as those that went into Jericho. And all of a sudden, uh, something caught his ear and he heard the sound of a great multitude. He heard a sound uh, that he knew there were several people uh, that, uh, that didn't normally travel, uh, but it was coming now the Passover. And so more and more and more people were going to Jerusalem. Uh, but there was a, a great throng of people and he could hear them. Uh, he could hear them maybe talking. Uh, he could hear them walking. Uh, uh, there was a great noise. And he began to ask what's going on out there. Uh, what is going on? Uh, and somebody said, Jesus of Nazareth is passing this way. Amen. You see, Amen. he was blind. He couldn't see. But he had heard. He had heard uh, that Jesus of Nazareth, uh, you see, he had heard about this man. He had heard that he had opened the eyes of the blind. He had heard that he had even opened the eyes of one that had been born blind. Uh, the prophet Isaiah has said that God is the only one that can open the eyes of one that's been born blind. And Bartimaeus knew that. And Bartimaeus, when he heard 
Jesus is passing this way. He began to think, and now's my chance. Now you see, it's now or it's never. I'll never get an opportunity to be this close unto Jesus anymore. And so he began to cry. Jesus, I see they were saying Jesus of Nazareth is passing this way. Bartimaeus didn't call him Jesus of Nazareth. He called him something greater. He said, you son of David. And that meant that Bartimaeus said, I've heard of this man. And many say he is the Christ that should come. And so he began to cry, living in darkness, living in blindness, just like a lost sinner. If you're here today and never been saved, you're in darkness, my dear friend. You're in darkness about the danger. You're in darkness about standing before God and giving account. You're in darkness and unaware of the fiery indignation. You're in darkness and unaware that the Bible says that there's coming a day that in flaming fire He will take vengeance on them that don't know the Lord. But you're in darkness. And you can't see that day coming. But you're headed headlong. You're speeding down that road that leadeth unto hellfire. And yet you're in darkness. I pray this morning that God would begin to open your eyes unto the fact and shed a little light in your soul. I pray that today. Bartimaeus knew it's now's the time. And he cried out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And those that went before, the Bible said, they tried to shut him down. Oh, Satan will try, my dear friend. The moment you realize you're lost and you feel that drawing, you feel that tug, you feel that pull from God above. Satan will try everything he can to keep you in darkness. He'll tell you to sit down. He'll tell you to be quiet. He'll tell you not to go to the altar. He'll tell you anything to keep you right where you're at. And many, many, many people he's kept. And there was a woman one time that was a physical infirmity in her back. And the Bible said Satan had had her bound 18 years. I would say spiritually he's got a bunch bound today. And blinded today, unless the glorious light of the gospel should ever shine in their hearts. And they have been blinded to it. And they told him, Bartimaeus, you be quiet. You be quiet. And he cried more and louder with everything he had. Jesus, thou son of David. He didn't say, now remember, he wasn't the only beggar there. The, the other gospel accounts say there was another one with him. Can I tell you this? When it comes your time to be saved, you're not going to be concerned about anybody but you. When I went to the altar, I went and I had friends on the altar. When I got there, they was out of my mind. And Bartimaeus cried, have mercy on me. He didn't say us. He wasn't concerned about his friend and his buddy. And as much as I loved my friend, that night I wouldn't have been concerned with him. It was all about me. I felt my great need. Bartimaeus felt his great need. Lord, have mercy on me. And the Bible says Jesus stopped. And I thought, what a grand and glorious thing that is. You see, my friend, Jesus was on His way to Jerusalem. 
He was on His way into Calvary. For He had already told His disciples earlier on in the 18th chapter, let's go now to Jerusalem. And when we're in Jerusalem, the Son of Man shall be betrayed into the hands of sinners. He told them they will. They will spit on Me and they will mock Me and they will scourge Me and then they're going to crucify Me. But then He said, I shall rise again. And they they didn't understand what He was saying. So He was on His way to Calvary. The weight of the sins of the world had begun to press on His soul. And yet, He stopped. I'm glad today the cries of one that's seeking God will stop him in his tracks. No matter where he was going, he heard the cry. And he heard a different kind of cry. It was a cry from the depths of some man's heart named Bartimaeus. And he stopped. And he said, bring that man here and bring him to me. And they brought Bartimaeus unto him. And he said, Bartimaeus, yeah, Lord, what do you want me to do to you? And Bartimaeus said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said, and he said, thy faith hath made thee whole. Receive your sight. And Bartimaeus then followed him. And then we come to Zacchaeus. There's been all kinds of speculation. What drove Zacchaeus to seek for Jesus? Some say it was just a curiosity. I don't know. But I do believe that God was in it. Zacchaeus wanted to see what all this fuss was about. Zacchaeus was a publican. Not only a publican, he was the chief publican. The publicans were despised. What they were, they were Jewish uh, they were of Abraham's descent. They were Jews. But they collected taxes for the Romans. And so they were Jews working for Rome at taking money from their brother Jews and giving it to Caesar. And the Jews hated him. They despised them. Couldn't stand them. And quite honestly, the publicans had, most at least, had a reputation uh, like, uh, like Zacchaeus. Uh, that they had stole money, uh, that they, they kept a lot for themselves. They took more than they needed to take. And so people despised them. And Zacchaeus heard that Jesus was passing by. And Zacchaeus ran before because there was a great throne that traveled with our Lord. And Zacchaeus couldn't get to Him. And he couldn't see Him because He was short and of a little stature. And he ran up into a sycamore tree. And there he sat down. He might have been the only one in the tree. He might not have been. I don't know and it doesn't really matter. It's not about the tree. It's not about him climbing it. But it's about Jesus passing by. And as Jesus got underneath that tree again, He was going to Jerusalem. He was going to Calvary. But He stopped. And He looked up. And He said, Zacchaeus, make haste. It's the only time I've ever found in the Scripture that He invited Himself in to somewhere. Now lots of times publicans invited Him in, but this time He said, Zacchaeus, come down and make haste. In other words, hurry up. I've got to go to your house today. And the Bible said Zacchaeus made haste. 
I don't know what making haste out of a tree's like. I don't know if he jumped. I don't know if he climbed down and scratched his arms on the bark. But Zacchaeus, there was something in that voice when he called out to Zacchaeus and he said, hurry up and come down. Zacchaeus was drawn to follow that. I'll say today that God still works in the same way. You see, he was just passing by. And I've already established he was going to die. He was on his way to the cross. Our Lord was. And so it was literally the last time he would ever pass that way. Are you beginning to understand now? It was the last time he would ever pass through Jericho. It was the last time Bartimaeus ever would have had the opportunity to cry out while he was that close. It was the last time Zacchaeus would have ever had an opportunity to see him passing by. You see, that's the danger. That's... A lot of my Baptist brethren don't believe this, but I I believe I can prove it to be true. You cannot get saved any time you want to. I don't believe that. I believe there has to be a tug and a pull. In other words, what happens is, I can show you in the Scriptures, there are some that God has given over to a reprobate mind. And you know what that means? You might say, well, I don't understand. Now, don't get me wrong. I preached last week about fishing. And I said there were times fishing when I would have one hooked and he would run up under a rock or under a bank and I would have to just cut the line. There are times that I believe God has just cut the line. What do you mean by that, preacher? Not that He wouldn't save them. He would still save them. I don't mean that. But what I mean is when God cuts the line, you will no longer have a desire to get saved. That desire is gone from your heart and gone from your mind. And He just cuts the line and turns you over. There is a last time that He will pass by. There is coming a last time. And I'll say this. If He's dealing with you today, you might never have this opportunity again. Bartimaeus didn't. Zacchaeus didn't. You may or you may not. You see, you don't know. You don't know what could befall you when you leave here. I know Satan is saying just sit down. Stay where you are. I believe God's dealing with somebody today. It's my job to tell you it may be now or never. You understand how serious that he was never passing that way again. They heard him and they saw him, and as he passed by, they cried out. Bartimaeus cried out, and it stopped him in his tracks. You know, the Lord hadn't changed the cry from the depths of the heart of a lost individual, of a broken-hearted sinner that cries from the depths of his heart. It'll change. It'll stop God in his tracks. He'll begin to commune with you. Really begin to pray. God really begins. You see, you can't be saved if you ain't lost. I understand that. As some of you are to the age and some say they've never been lost. That's between you and God. I can't prove that and I can't disprove it. But I'll say, you know, you know your heart, you're, you're smart, you're intelligent, and there's lots and lots and lots here. 
I want to see saved. And you see, I've often said one of the uh, one of my favorite verses in the scripture is also one of the saddest. When it says in Jeremiah, the harvest is past and the summer is ended, and we're not saved. I'll be honest with you. I don't know that my heart I can take another summer and spring revival and nothing happened. To see it maybe now or never. He might not ever pass. Well, how do you know He's here now? Because I felt Him in the, in the service already as we sang, as you testified. You know what God was doing? He was passing by. I can show you even his apostles one time were out on a ship and the Bible said they were out in the storm and he began to walk on the water and but the Bible says he would have passed them by. And then they cried out and he turned around and headed toward them. Well, you know what that means? That means that the Lord will go, he'll pass by. And if we don't cry out for him to stay alive, He'll keep on walking. And that happened at the on the road to Emmaus. After he resurrected, he appeared to two of his apostles and disciples. And as they walked along, they came to their house. But he made as though he would have went further. And yet they constrained him. Stay with us just a little while. That's the way the Spirit works. He is walking. He is walking, but he will never stay where He's not wanted and not welcome. But if we begin to cry out as He's passing by, Lord, stay with us a while. And the sinners begin to cry out and while He's in our midst. And you can feel that turn and that pull. And one day, it's going to be the last day, just as it was in the days of Noah. Noah preached to those people a great long while. For several years, he preached. A danger is coming Danger is coming. Danger is coming. And yet they didn't believe. Till the fountain of the deep broke. And the water came down not just from above, but water came up from below. And the fountains were lifted up and broken. And it began to rain. And they began to beat on the door of that ark. A clawing, a fingernail crawl, a clawing down the side. Noah, we believe you now. But it was too late. They missed their opportunity. The Apostle Paul preached to a man named Felix one time. And the Bible says while he spake, Felix trembled. He trembled. Paul no doubt spoke to him about a judgment and about how he's going to stand before God and give an account. And Felix trembled. But then he sent Paul away. And he said, when I have a more convenient season, I'll call for you. There's no record in Scripture he ever found a convenient season. As far as we know, he died lost. We don't know for sure. But see, he missed that opportunity that moment. That there was a king in the Old Testament named Belshazzar. And Belshazzar was, a, was a, in, a, in a feast of drunkenness one night. And, and he saw a man's hand begin to write on the wall. And he trembled. And the Bible said his knees literally smoked. His knees knocked one against the other. But you see, 
according to the writing on the wall, he was already in judgment. It was too late. It had already been written. This day you shall die. He waited too late. He missed his opportunity. You see, my dear sinner friend, if you miss your opportunity, if he passes by, you have nothing but judgment awaiting you. Nothing but judgment. And so, when he's close by, a lot of people might not agree with this message. Well, I say then, if you disagree, let me ask you, sinner friend, why did Isaiah say, call upon the Lord while He may be found and seek Him while He is near? Because Isaiah knew that you might not have another opportunity like this where He's so close so near at hand. Oh, let's see if He's dealing with you. And you can feel that trouble brewing inside. If you know in your heart you're not right with God, this is the best opportunity you have. He might, by His grace, give you another one. He don't have to. He's God. And, and, and if He's if He's knocked at your heart, if He's drawn you, shown you you're a sinner, and you've sat there Sunday after Sunday, service after service, revival after revival, He's not obligated to do that anymore. He might, because He's gracious. You say, preacher, what if I've let my moment pass by? If you're still thinking like that, then it's not too late for you. You see, my dear friend, He will never... That's why I said, He will say. It's not, it's not on His end when He cuts the line. It's not on His end. It's because people refuse over and over and over and over. And He finally gives them over. There's coming a day of judgment. There's coming a day when He will walk through the earth one last time. There's coming a moment he might walk by this church or by this, these sinners one last time before time shall be no longer. I don't know if you've looked around. I don't watch much news. I really don't. But the other day I saw that for whatever reason we had a drone over the Black Sea and Russia cut it down. I don't know what that means. It might not mean a thing. But I don't know if you've noticed. This world, this world is ripe. This world is ripe for the return of Jesus Christ. Amen. We're closer. You realize a lot of those prophecies could have never been fulfilled until our day. A lot of the prophecies could have never... I believe technology is further in the prophecy. I believe people that have no idea that they're fulfilling the prophecy, but they're making decisions every day based on feeding their belly, and yet they are fulfilling the very Word of God. I believe the same thing happened when Jesus was crucified. They had no idea. They were fulfilling the Scripture that He must come and He must die. Satan had no idea. Satan just wanted to murder him. Amen. Satan had no idea by doing that 
He literally sealed his doom in a lake of fire. You see, there are things bigger than us that play. There is a spirit world. There is a realm out there that we cannot see. And they're not stupid like we're stupid. We, we don't know. They don't have all knowledge, but they've got more than us. And there's, there's things going on. I would caution you, and I'm done. I would caution you earnestly from the depths, and this goes for the church, the saved who we were talking in Sunday school. Can we have a revival without the faith of God's people? You know what my answer is? Absolutely not. Can't do it. Can't do it. Cannot be done. Without faith, is it impossible to please Him? Can we have a revival without unity in the church? No. But, if we have unity on one mind and one accord, and begin to lift up these that are lost. We know their loss, at least as far as we know. We don't know their hearts. But if they've not told us anything, we'd have to assume they're lost. If you're here today and you are lost, don't let this opportunity. He's passing by today. He might be gone tomorrow. You might be called home today. That's why the Bible said, It doesn't say today is the day of salvation. You know what it says? I have heard thee in an accepted time. Now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. You have right now. He's passing by. There's a song that says, Do not pass me by. I would ask you, call out unto Him. Don't pass me by as he's passing through. The primitive quartet sings a song. He's still passing by. He still extends mercy today. He talks about that woman with an issue of blood. She had tried everything. You might say, preacher, I've tried everything. I just can't get saved. I've done all I know to do. Good. Now that's out of the way. Let Him do what He does. Call out unto Him. Lord, I'm just a wretched sinner. The Pharisee and the publican, and earlier on in that chapter, Pharisee and the publican, one came to Him by His good works. Lord, I've fasted twice a week, every week. I've been good to my mom and my daddy. I've not stolen. I've not robbed. I'm not like this filthy publican. I, do, I give tithes of all that I possess. Now because of what I've done, will you save me? No. There is nothing that you can do to be saved. Nothing. What must I do to be saved? Repent and believe. Repent us to God's faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So now that you've done all that you know to do, I would just say to you, as He's passing by, call out unto Him and let Him save you. You see, it's when I come to the end of self. I'm like you. I'm no different. I'm no different than that Pharisee. I did all that I knew to do. And I actually got up from the altar heartbroken. Wouldn't save. Knew I wouldn't save. And as I stood up, you've heard me say this, 
I cried out from the depths of my heart, Lord, I really wanted to be saved. You know what I was saying in my heart? I've done everything I know to do. And I'm still not saved, but I want to be saved. And the moment I came to that place where I had tried all, He saved me that quick. He had mercy. He passed by that night. I didn't let that opportunity go to waste. I realized I might not ever have this opportunity again. You see, when He's so near, you see, the church is just so full and on fire with testimonies and songs. I'm telling you, you better not let that time pass by. He will keep on walking until He comes to a place where somebody calls Him. He's still... Last verse that I read. Preacher, I'm a sinner. I've got good news for you, friend. He came to seek and to save that which is lost. Preacher, I'm lost. I've got good news for you. That's what He's all about. He came to save you. He didn't come to call the righteous. He came to die for the sinner. I'm glad He still seeks. They said, why do you go to eat in a home with a publican and a sinner? You, you're eating in that filthy man's house. But I'm glad one night He came to this filthy man's house. And He took up where I was. He put on this flesh that I had on. He came down to me because I couldn't climb up to Him. He came down to the depths of where I was at. He found me. He found me that night. He found me and began to do this to my heart. And when He pulled to my heart, I ran unto Him. I don't know what I said. don't know what I did. I just remember I did everything. And when I did everything, He did His part. It's by grace through faith. Sometimes we make it more complicated than, than that. Sometimes we put, as I said a few weeks ago, sometimes we put our ingredients into it. You change the ingredients, you change the whole recipe. It's by grace through faith. And that not of yourselves. You don't have faith or grace in you. He gives it to you. When does He give it to me? When He draws you down to that place. That's when. Is He drawing you today? Is He passing by? Call out to Him. See if He don't stop and save you today. Get a song. That's all I've got for you.